Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a football Friday game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Going to get you ready to go for the Titans game against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. Before we dive into that, got to remind you guys about the Locked on NFL Draft podcast. The Locked on NFL Draft podcast relaunches on September the 20th with brand new hosts, Eric Crocker will bring the player scouting aspect, and then Ryan Tracy will bring the analytical aspect. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. But it is a Football Friday game preview episode of the Locked On Titans podcast, and I have a lot of information to drop on you guys today. First, we are going to take a look at the offensive side of the ball and what the Titans' keys to victory will be. I have three of those to share with you. Then we'll talk about the defensive side of the ball and what the Titans need to focus on to keep Russell Wilson and crew out of the end zone. Then, as we always do, we are going to zoom in the lens and look at some player matchups that will determine the outcome of this game. And finally, we will have some fun to cap off this Friday episode. We're going to talk gambling. We're going to talk fantasy. I'm going to give you my updated score and game prediction, and we'll also take a look at what is taking place with the AFC South division rivals this weekend as well. So a chocked full Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked On Titans. Your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go, Titans fans. It is time for the Tennessee Titans to rebound from their embarrassing loss in week one, get things back on track. They head up to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seattle Seahawks in week two. Going to dive into my keys to victory for the offense and the defense. Before we do, though, got to remind you guys, I'm going to be putting out daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content here on the Locked on Titans podcast all year long. Make sure that you never miss an episode of the number one Tennessee Titans podcast in the world by subscribing to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Make sure that you also subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube page. Smash that notification bell so you know when any of my content goes live. Follow me on social media at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter, at Locked On Titans Pod on Facebook. And remember, you can always find the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you use and always free. But let's dive into these keys to victory. First, on the offensive side of the ball, my overall. Takeaway here, my overall thought is the Titans need to take what they can get and take it quickly. They need to make sure that they also have no turnovers after turning over the ball three times against the Arizona Cardinals. So how are the Tennessee Titans going to be able to do that? Well, first and foremost, they have to run play action on first down. They only ran play action on 7.2% of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks last week. That's not going to work. They only ran play action on first down twice out of 13 first down plays in the first half last week. Both of those numbers K 
cannot stand. I'll reiterate, play action success is not predicated on success in the run game. You can be terrible in the run game and still have success in play action. I don't care what the down and distance is. I don't care what the score is. Todd Downing cannot lose that thought. He cannot lose what the Titans are as an offense. Go to play action and don't quit. Continuing along that thought process, Jamal Adams is one of the best safeties in the NFL, but not for the typical reason you would be a great safety. He is a phenomenal blitzer, and he's so good at darting through the interior of an offensive line to get penetration in the backfield. If the Titans don't move quickly with their play-action passing, with their run game development, if those things go slowly, Jamal Adams is going to be in the backfield all day long. And speaking of the run game, the Titans, of course, are going to have to get back to the run game can't have Derrick Henry have less than 60 yards. They need to do play action on first down to make sure that the Seahawks are off balance so that they don't feel comfortable shooting into the backfield on first downs and early down situations. But the Titans also are going to have to get the run game going. And when they do, they need to run to the perimeter. So this is one thing that was a good nugget of information that we got from Corbin Smith in yesterday's crossover Thursday. He pointed out that the edge group for the Seahawks is a little bit light in the pants. They have guys like Benson uh, Moawa. They have guys like Jordan Brooks, who plays linebacker, but he's typically on the line of scrimmage. Both those guys are under 240 pounds. They also have Alton Robinson, who's not a very big guy. The Titans should be able to get on track on the perimeter with their run blocking, push those edges around. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to attack the Seahawks defensive line up the middle where they have big, huge bodies like Puna Ford, like Al Woods, like Brian Monet. You don't want to go through the middle of the Seahawks defense with those big bodies and Bobby Wagner. You want to attack on the perimeters, on the edges, in the run game. And then finally, like I mentioned, the Titans need to do things quickly. They have to get the ball out quickly. The Seahawks defense likes to run zone, and they're not a big blitz team, but against the Colts, they did run some zone blitz pressure concepts where they're playing zone coverage in the back end. They're blitzing people up the middle or off the perimeter. They don't play a ton of man coverage over and over. They're more of a zone team. And with that, the Ryan Tannehill is going to have to get the ball out quickly so he's not affected by the blitz. He's going to have to identify what the zone coverage is. He's going to have to get the ball out to the hole in the zone quickly. And he's going to need offensive coordinator Todd Downing to call the correct plays and identify the patterns to know which zones are coming next so he can call the right route combinations to beat those zones. It's a very difficult task that Todd Downing has ahead of him. I also want to mention, speaking of getting the ball out quickly, the Seahawks did have three sacks last week against a good offensive line in the Indianapolis Colts. So the Titans need to get the ball out quick. I would look to get the ball out over the middle of the field. Last week, the linebackers for the Seattle Seahawks, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, they were targeted 14 times. They gave up 12 completions for 88 yards and a touchdown. So get A.J. Brown, get Julio Jones, get Anthony Ferkser over the middle of the field and get the ball out to them quickly to avoid sacks. On defense, simple. The Titans must prevent the big play. The Seahawks are a layup and three-pointer offense. They're going to take all the short stuff, all the easy stuff, and then they're going to look to hit the home run. The Titans cannot allow the Seahawks to have explosive touchdowns. The game's going to get out of hand too fast. Last week, 
The Seahawks were the fourth best offense when it comes to efficiency. They had 7.2 yards per play against the Colts, and the Colts have a pretty solid defense. So the Titans cannot allow the big chunk plays down the field, the 69-yard bomb to Tyler Lockett. Nice. They cannot allow those things to happen. Don't let Lockett and Metcalf beat you deep. Also, with the run game, you can't let Chris Carson get loose for chunk runs. Make the Seahawks earn it. Make them play by play, down by down, earn it. And a good way to make them earn it is to play zone defense. This way, you keep your eyes on Russell Wilson. You play man coverage, your eyes are on your man. You play zone, your eyes are on the quarterback. And the Titans cannot allow Russell Wilson to chew them up through the run game, scrambling if things aren't available. Also, when you play zone, you eliminate the risk of getting beat deep by wide receivers that are simply more talented than the Titans' cornerback. So they have to make sure that they play zone, keep their eyes on Russ. That's going to limit the ability to take deep shots down the field. That is also going to eliminate the ability for Russell Wilson to get chunk games in the ground game when he pulls down the ball on the scramble. I would not like the Titans to play a lot of cover two. They struggled in cover two last week. I would like to see them play a lot of cover three. I would see them play a lot of cover four. They could maybe do some late safety rolls where they roll the coverage over to create some cover two looks, but I would focus on cover three and cover four. Play some man in the red zone when the field is not as long and you don't have to worry about getting beat deep, but if I were the Titans, I would have a focus on zone coverage this week rather than the man that they typically would like to go to. Also, you have to be careful about the motion. The Seahawks offense uses a ton of motion almost every single play, and if you're playing zone defense, you don't have to have guys trailing across the line of scrimmage, across the formation to follow those men in zone. So I would, or if you were in man and you had to follow the motion across the formation, I wouldn't do that. It'll create too much confusion with who's covering who, uh, a head start for the motion man. If I'm the Titans, I'm playing a lot of zone. And then finally, the Titans have to get some turnovers. If they make the Seahawks earn it, they don't give up any explosive plays. Well, Chris Carson has had 12 fumbles in his career. He had seven fumbles in 2019, only one last year, but he's fumbled a lot throughout his career. The Titans will have opportunities to make Chris Carson fumble. He fumbled last week twice. And he did get one of those back, but he lost one of those as well. So the Titans can get Chris Carson to fumble if they make him earn it every single down. And also, the the Seahawks had 13 interceptions last year. That was top 12 in the NFL in terms of the amount of interceptions that you would have. So keep everybody in front of you. Force the Seahawks to earn it down by down, and you'll have a great opportunity to eliminate the explosive plays and then maybe force some turnovers. And if the Titans' defense can force a few turnovers, at least two, and eliminate the explosive plays down the field, they are going to have a great chance to come out of Week 2 1-1. and But we are going to move into the individual matchup conversation of today's game preview. Before we get into that, do got to remind you guys about the best tasting protein bars ever from our friends over at BuiltBar.com. They have a ton of different flavors. There's something for everyone. The bars don't just taste good, though. They're healthy for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Titans 
fans, let's continue this Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We just talked about my keys to victory on the offensive side and the defensive side from a schematical, philosophical standpoint. But now I want to drill into the actual individual matchups that I think will allow the Titans to do those things that we just talked about in segment one. And I am going to start on the defensive side of the ball. We started on offense previously. We'll start on defense here. And the big matchup, and it's something that I mentioned with Corbin on Crossover Thursday, but to me, it's the Seahawks wide receivers against the Titans defensive backs. And you got a guy like DK Metcalf. You got a guy like Tyler Lockett, the big speed threat with Tyler Lockett to get down the field. DK Metcalf, who also is a speed threat, but has a big body, six foot three, physical guy. I'm worried about how the Titans are going to match up with that because for me, I'm putting Christian Fulton on Tyler Lockett. Fulton is the fastest guy in the secondary out of Jack Rabbit and Elijah Molden. So I'm putting Fulton on Tyler Lockett, but who in the world is going to guard DK Metcalf? And the Seahawks moved DK around last week, and they had DK Metcalf in the slot quite a bit, especially in the red zone. Guys, you cannot put five foot ten, five foot eleven Elijah Molden on two hundred and twenty five pound, six foot three DK Metcalf. I would run slot fades until the cows come home when the Titans play man in the red zone, and you're going to have easy opportunities for Metcalf to jump over top of Elijah Molden and score touchdowns. Titans cannot let that happen, honestly. I was hoping that we might see some Caleb Farley here. Caleb Farley has the physicality. He has the body type. He has the speed to actually kind of match up with DK Metcalf. Now, I know as a rookie, barely played in week one, kind of a rough training camp in preseason. I get why that would concern you as well. But if the Titans are going to have a rookie out there in one-on-one coverage against DK Metcalf, I would rather it be Caleb Farley at six foot two than Elijah Molden at five foot ten, five foot eleven. right? They're both rookies going up against one of the better receivers in the league. So the risk, to me, is about the same. The reward with Caleb Farley is much better. Now, right now, based on what I'm hearing and what we're seeing from the practice injury reports, it looks like Caleb Farley may actually miss this game. So that would be a big loss for the Titans based on what I'm saying. I would have loved to have seen Caleb Farley get some slot work in the red zone matched up one-on-one against DK Metcalf. If the Titans don't have that, They may have to consider putting Fulton in the slot and bringing Breon Borders in to play that second outside cornerback because you just simply can't have more than one-on-one against DK Metcalf, especially in the red zone. Also, on defense, the Titans' interior defensive line going up against the interior offensive line of the Seattle Seahawks. The Titans have to win that matchup. So you have Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, if he plays, Tyre Tart, Larell Murchison going up against Kyle Fuller, uh, Damian Lewis, Ethan Posick. So last week, Gabe Jackson, the starting guard for the Seahawks, got hurt. And there's uh, some, some, I guess, some conversation that he may not play in this game. And that would mean that the Seahawks have to move Ethan Posick into starting center, move their starting center, Kyle Fuller, to guard. And when you look at the pro football focus pass blocking grades, For those interior three, last week, Kyle Fuller had a 39.4. Damian Lewis had a 32.2. And Ethan Posick had a 6.6 in limited snaps. Let's not get it twisted. This Seahawks offensive line is not good. And they're especially not good on the interior. And one way to really stop these mobile quarterbacks is use your edge rushers to mush rush. 
Don't allow them to let the quarterback break contain and get outside the pocket. Force Russell Wilson to move up in the pocket rather than out of the pocket. And if the Titans can dominate on the interior of the offensive line with their interior defensive line, then that means that Russell Wilson will have nowhere to go when he steps up in the pocket. That has to be the key for the Titans. That matchup between the interior D-line and the interior offensive line from Seattle, that will go a long way in determining whether or not Russell Wilson can play make and destroy the Titans' defense on third down and in passing situations. We're going to move to the offensive side of the ball. and. No shock here. The number one matchup that I'm watching for the Titans is the, I guess let's call it the exterior blocking with Taylor Lewan and David Questenberry at tackle. And then Jeff Swaim, I'm adding in that group as well. Those guys had a, well, Questenberry played better than the other two, but Lewan and Swaim just got destroyed in week one. That simply cannot happen. Vincent Mayoa, uh, Jordan Brooks, Daryl Taylor, Carlos Dunlap, these are not guys that are Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. The Titans simply cannot allow those players I just named to entirely disrupt their entire offense. They just simply can't let that happen two weeks in a, we- in a row. So Taylor Lewan, Jeff Swaim, David Questenberry. I talked about how important perimeter runs would be to the Titans this week. Those guys are going to have to step up and do their job for the Titans to be able to knock off that key to victory that we talked about earlier. The next matchup to watch for me is the Titans running backs against the blitzing Jamal Adams. Going to need a big, big week from the Titans running backs in pass protection and blitz pickup. Jamal Adams is a terror off the edge. He had eight sacks last year as a safety, and it's hard to call him a safety. A lot of teams in the NFL now are doing what's called a star position on defense, and it's a guy who can play some safety, drop down, play slot cornerback, maybe play some sub-package linebacker from time to time, just a guy you want to move all around the formation and utilize his versatile skill set. The prototype for that is probably a Teron Matthew and a Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, like I said, had eight sacks in 2020 as a safety, as a defensive back. They love blitzing Jamal Adams. He's great at blitzing, delayed blitzes, getting through little gaps between the offensive line. And when he does that, the Titans running backs, whether that be Derrick Henry or Jeremy McNichols, are going to have to find a way to pick him up and not let him completely disrupt the offense and completely disrupt the passing game. That has to be a key. Blitz pickup, Jamal Williams getting picked up by the running backs and pass protection. That will be a key matchup to watch in this game. If the Titans are unable to slow down Jamal Adams on his blitzes, it's going to be a long day. But we are going to continue talking about the the ancillary topics surrounding this game in our final segment. We're going to talk about the gambling aspect. What's the line on the game? What's the over-under? Going to talk a little bit of fantasy as well. Which Tennessee Titans should you consider starting in season-long and daily fantasy? Also, going to talk about the other matchups that are taking place in the AFC South and see what the Titans division rivals have on their plate this weekend. And then I will give you my final game and score prediction. Before we get into that, do got to remind you guys about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the football action, both college and pro, this fall. They have all the updated odds, props, and contests that you could ever want. BetOnline.ag is the number one source 
for all your betting needs. They have everything from football to basketball to boxing, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So make sure that you go to betonline.ag today. Use promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. And when you make your first deposit, you'll get a 100% welcome bonus. That's literally free money from betonline.ag when you use the promo code Locked On. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are going to cap off this Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Having a little bit of fun with some extra topics, some ancillary topics, some things on the fringes of this game. And number one, I want to talk about the gambling aspect in a small segment I like to call keeping it plus 100. So right now, the Titans are five and a half point favorites as we speak. And the over under is 54 points. So for my money, got to be honest with you guys, after the struggle that I saw from the Titans last week, going up to one of the most difficult places to play in the NFL in Seattle in front of the 12s, I'm not comfortable betting on the Titans at five and a half points. If it were me and I had to place a bet on this game, I would take Seattle and give up the points. But if I had my choice, I would stay away from this game and from this line. I wouldn't really look to bet on it whatsoever. But if you put a gun to my head, I would have to go with Seattle minus five and a half. But one thing we know about the Tennessee Titans, when they're expected to win, they lay an egg. And when they're expected to lose, they play their best. So you never know what might happen. But for my money, staying away from that, definitely couldn't put my money on the Titans. For the over-under, 54 points. That's a little bit more difficult. But quite frankly, I just don't think that the Titans are going to be able to score enough points to make that go over. So I would play the under on that one personally. But again, don't really like that line. Don't really like the over-under there. If I was just a regular gambler, not worried about the Titans game, I would stay away from both of those. Now let's move into the fantasy portion of our final segment here. My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy preview. If it were me, I start AJ, I start Derrick Henry, and if I'm playing daily fantasy, I'm starting Anthony Ferkser. I talked earlier about how uh, Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner were targeted 14 times in week one, gave up 12 completions for 88 yards and a touchdown. I think that you can take advantage of Seattle's defense over the middle of the field. And with that in mind, and the Titans could be down pretty early in this game, which means more snaps for Ferkser than the other tight ends. I'm going with Anthony Ferkser as a daily fantasy dart throw, a, a low salary guy, so I can kind of fill out my lineup with some other studs. Now, I don't really feel comfortable with Derrick Henry or A.J. Brown in daily fantasy. I'm going to need to see it first. But in season long, you got to play your studs. Heck, I would say you probably even have to play Julio Jones if you play in a deep enough league. So I'm playing A.J., I'm playing Derrick Henry. I own both those players in some of my high-stakes fantasy leagues, and I'm going to play them, okay? You play your studs and see what happens. But in daily, I would probably shy away from the Titans until they clean up their act a little bit. Now, I want to talk about what's going on in the AFC South this week. There's good odds here that the Titans could lose this game and go to 0-2, but let me tell you why it's not time to panic, even if that happens. The Rams, after drubbing 
the Chicago Bears at home last week, go on the road and face Indianapolis. And Indianapolis may have been a solid team the last few years, but I'm just not seeing it this year. And I think the Rams are certainly a better team than Indianapolis. Indianapolis is getting three and a half points at home, so they're a home underdog. That's kind of scary from a gambling scam standpoint, but I do think the Rams win that game, which will drop Indy to 0-2, and that would be a big favor to the Titans with a matchup in Week 3 between the Titans and the Colts right ahead of us. And then Denver is traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jags. Jacksonville are currently six-point underdogs in that game. Uh, Gambling-wise, I would take Jacksonville with the six points, but I do think that Denver wins this game. They're a much better team, a much better defense as well. So that would be a favor to the Titans. And then a game that we surprisingly have to keep an eye on because the AFC South current division leader is playing in it. The Houston Texans on the road at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland right now is a 12 and a half point favorite. I'm taking Houston with the points all day if I'm a betting man, but Cleveland is going to be pissed off after losing that game late against the Chiefs on the road in week one. Cleveland is a much better team than Houston. I expect Cleveland to win that game by probably nine to ten points, but 12 and a half points is just too much. Either way, I think there's a good chance that all the other division rivals for the Titans lose this week, and that would be very helpful as we step into my game and score prediction. If you watched Crossover Thursday yesterday, you know what it's going to be. I'm not changing my prediction now. I think the Titans lose this game 31-21. to 21. I think that the Seahawks just have too much talent on the perimeter. The Titans' offensive line isn't going to be fixed overnight, and the Seahawks do have a deep pass rush. So for my money, I think that the Titans lose this game 31-21. to 21. They drop to 0-2, but based on what we're seeing from the rest of the AFC South schedule, it's not the end of the world. The Titans, we thought maybe could be 12-5, 11-6. Well, based on this opening stretch of games, maybe the Titans end up 10-7 or 9-8. But the good news is that is probably going to be good enough to win the AFC South. And the Titans went 9-7 in 2019 and made a run to the AFC Championship game. So there's no reason... That the Titans can't play poorly at the beginning of the year and then round into form throughout the rest of the year and still have the ability to make a Super Bowl run. So I have the Titans losing this game, but that is not cause for panic yet. But what I can tell you is that is going to do it for me today on this game preview football Friday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. I am going to have a YouTube exclusive for you guys on Friday night where I talk uh, quickly. It'll be about 10 to 15 minutes. I'll go over the injury report for both teams and just cover all of the latest news. It is Thursday evening when I record this show. So anything that happens in the next 24 hours, I will bring to you guys on Friday night on the Locked on Titans YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe to that Locked on Titans YouTube channel. Smash the notification bell so you know when my content goes up. Also, subscribe on whatever platform you do stream if you just listen to the audio version of the show. But I will be back with you guys on Friday. And then, of course, back with you immediately after the game on Sunday to break down everything that happened. That's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.